0: Praise the, Praise the Lord! Good morning! Welcome! This is, uh, we can tell you guys what's going to be happening on this Sharing Sunday, but it's always kind of weird to show up and look, instead of looking up front and seeing each other's back of your heads, you're now seeing each other's faces. So I'm glad you're here. Welcome! And if you're joining us online this morning, want to say welcome, welcome! Uh, let me just a few shout outs to the Reynards and the Lucias and the McMillans and the Setons, uh, the Ericsons. We're glad you guys are with us today. And any, anybody else who's joining online, this is a sharing service. So we are going to be, uh, this, the body of Christ is going to be the speakers this morning. Uh, we do not have a prepared message and we're going to flow in and out of sharing and worship. If, if you want to share this morning, just come on up here. Good morning. Welcome. If you want to share this morning, just come up and sit on one of these chairs. That will let me know that you want to share. And then when it's your turn, you'll be sitting in this chair right here. And uh, using the microphone, I'll have it on a little stand here. Uh, we are uh, going to do a bit of worship. Then I'm going to open the floor for sharing. And uh, this service is based on uh, the text in 1 Corinthians 14.26. Let me read that for us. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So the reason that we're sharing is to build up or edify the church from what God's doing with us. Make sense? All right, and let me just say, please share succinctly. We have a fixed amount of time, and the more people we can get to share, the more fun that's going to be for everybody. Are, Are you with me? Okay, all right, great. Let me just do a couple of quick announcements. Next week is Vision Sunday. Jamie is going to be sharing next week on how the Lord's been leading him and the elders and the staff to what the future looks like for this next season. Uh, and it's really exciting. And I'm really encouraged by uh, what, uh, what the Lord has been speaking into our leadership. Uh, so that's going to be next week. That's September 12th. Also on September 12th, that will be the last day to contribute to the offering for the brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and the brothers and sisters in Haiti and you can just write your check uh, or you can Venmo uh, and there's a box right there and you can put your offering in there Uh, but next Sunday is the deadline whatever we've got we're going to send it we have organizations on the ground that are highly reliable that can get money and people in and out of Afghanistan and uh, who can really impact things in Haiti as well? So uh, be encouraged. That offering is uh, right around uh, eleven thousand right now. So keep praying about how God may want you to play a part in supporting our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. Women's ministry has their fall kickoff. We have some awesome women in this church. The women's ministry. Yeah, come on. Let's hear. Let's hear it for our ladies. Yeah. Where would I be without Marianne? Only the Lord knows. Uh, anyhow, we've got uh, the fall kickoff event uh, on September 13th, and our speaker is going to be Samia Johnson, and she's the one of the co-founders of Call of Love Ministries, and she has a heart uh, to reach and love and reach Muslims around the world, and she has some incredible stories. So, Ladies, I strongly encourage you to attend that night. And at the end of the service, Katie's going to come. She's the mastermind behind our picnic that's happening after this service, and she's going to come and tell us exactly what to do next. So with that, I just want to start us with prayer. And here's how I want to do the prayer. We've got some serious prayer needs in the church. So first of all, Stephen Carpenter uh, is in B North, in ICU, on a ventilator, but making progress, really good progress. So we're going to get in little groups and we're just going to pray for a minute or two. I want to pray for Steve Carpenter's healing. I want to pray for Lewis Arnold, who will be dealing with prostate cancer over the next month or two. So we need to pray for him and for healing and for peace for Crystal uh, as she walks through that with her hubby. And then also want to lift up uh, Corey Lush uh uh answer to prayer, great new assignment at Fidelity. Um, that's an answer to prayer, but also a test on Friday morning that she needs to take uh, series nines. So uh, let's lift that up. So let's just, as a congregation, pray uh, in small groups, pray out loud. Uh, the Lord can hear everybody at the same time, so it's cool. And in a minute, I'll wrap us up and then we'll head into worship Of covid uh, father we ask for lewis arnold for wisdom in the treatment of prostate cancer thank you for his faith thank you for his family coming around him and thank you for crystal we bless her with peace from above and lord we thank you for cory louche and we just lift up now uh, her uh, efforts as she plans to take this test on friday morning that you'd be with her and holy spirit you'd help her remember everything she studied and so, Lord, we turn this time over to you now and worship and praise. Uh, Lord, we desire your presence here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: And yeah, I also want to encourage you that as we're uh, worshiping here this morning, we'll just have some times that are a little bit open. I just want to encourage you to work your own.
2: be here in your love, here in your love, no place I would rather be, no, no place I would
0: And have a seat. And um, if you missed the, the introduction, this is Sharing Sunday. Uh, we're working uh, according to 1 Corinthians 14.26. So if you have something that will encourage the church, build up the church, then come and sit on this row here. That way I know you want to share. And I'm just going to try to keep us flowing in an orderly fashion. If there's a break, we'll do more worship. And uh, by the way, as you look across the room and you see someone if the Lord gives you a word of encouragement for that person then please just go over and let them know hey I looked at you I just felt X scripture or I have had this picture or just want to encourage you today then please feel free to do that as we share and um, uh, also uh, if you want to wait until we have the picnic after that's fine too all right, so I think first up is Dennis Spurgeon. Would you welcome him?
3: Dennis told me I only have three minutes, so I'm going to work really hard on this. First of all, I want to thank the worship team for all of they do, not only uh, Anna and Luke and, and uh, the uh, Rasmussens, but also all the other worship leaders, too. I was sharing with Royce last week that I was going to be sharing today, and I kind of told him so. Uh, first of all, I wanted to call out to Anna. Two weeks ago, you sang a song, and this is this is the theme, essentially, was that when we die, we still want to have the words of the Lord on our lips. And so uh, the Lord was calling out to share. uh, This is John 21. It's the last chapter of John. It's after Jesus resurrected from the the dead, and he's reinstating uh, Peter. And it, it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter responds, yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, Do you love me? Because he was remembering how he had um, had forsaken Jesus prior to his his, uh, crucifixion. He said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old... You will stretch out your hands and someone else uh, someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. So the net of this is I wanted to share with you um, the death of my mother. She passed away on October the 23rd, 2019. We had her under hospice care. And the hospice nurse called me and uh, told me that Mom was in decline. So the next day I went over to uh, visit Mom, and yes, she was in decline. She was laying there, and um, the she was at Otterbein, and they had a Christian uh, station on, and. At the time I walked into the room, uh, Jesus was calling, was playing on the radio. Uh, I, I bent down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I bent down beside my mother and laid my uh, head on her chest. And as she was singing, and I was bawling. My mom lifts her hands up and she puts them on the back of my head, and, and she's she's <laughs> comforting me. And I was thinking, Jesus is calling; she's going to go right now. And so I'm texting my brother and sister and saying, "You need to get here." Um, and then at the after Jesus was calling, the next song that they sang was how how great thou art. And my mother's lips started moving. And I was wondering what she was trying to say, but she wasn't saying anything to me. She was, uh, uh, she was mouthing the words, how great thou art, which was the, the song that was playing. So this is a model of what I think it is to love Jesus until we pass just like the song says that I'll continue to have the Lord's uh, the words of the Lord on my lips so this is a blessing that I'd like to give to you as as you get old as you grow older that the 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 message of the Lord continues to be in your heart and blesses those even on your deathbed Thank you.
4: My name is Hannah Green, for those of you who don't know me. Um, God's done so much in my life, I think, since the beginning of 2020, and one of the biggest lessons I've learned is about um, how I view my future and the goodness of God as we grow up, and we, and we know that God has good things for his children, but my fear was, okay, so what is that gap between what I think is goodness and what God's goodness is, and what if God's goodness is? does not meet my definition of goodness for my life, and, you know, I'd always hear the verse, like, "Um, I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and I think for so long, I made that more of an experiential verse of God will give me good things in this life. I will, I will look in this world, and I will, you know, see things that give me joy, um, until last summer, whenever I read the verse again in the ESV, and it said, you know, I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. And that just changed my whole perspective, because I realized that through my life in the times of longing, that it's being able to see the character and the goodness of the Lord's face, not what he's given me, that, you know, keeps me going and gives me hope. So now I can look at my future, and even if I do not get the things that I long for, I know that I will see, look upon the goodness of the Lord. He will be with me in that, and that is what will give me joy. It doesn't matter if I, I don't have to worry that I'm going to live in sadness if I do not get the things that I long for because I know that I will have joy because I will see his face. So.
5: I was fighting him but I decided okay you win I'll get up Um, I'm Judy Belanger 2020 what a year but following what Hannah said it made me think yeah but the Lord is so generous he's such a generous father Um, you might not see, see the things that you want but he certainly pours down gifts on you I look at my daughter Sammy and I see all the gifts that she has the Lord has given me through her seven of them plus herself and Michael (laughs) thank you for your seed (laughs) but the Lord is even greater Yeah, he took my daughter home on December 25th, but a few months later, he sent me her son, her only son, to help me through my grief. So Tyler stayed with us five months, and it was such an amazing time. I don't know will pour out at all. A lot of love towards him and I just pray that some kind of seed was planted on in his heart. Uh, we, uh, I have to just speak for myself because I'm not sure about anybody else but well, my husband but I just felt like the Lord had sent Tyler not as a replacement but to see me through these difficult months that followed. And uh, I got to know my grandson for the first time because you just really don't know anybody until you actually live with them. And I learned so much. And I uh, decided that that the Lord had him and that I needed to step away, that I couldn't Replace. I couldn't become his mom, that I could not replace her, that I needed to just be Nana, and step back. The Lord has done just so many beautiful things, and has just now taking him and moving him to his next chapter of his life. And I don't see I don't see Cole around here, but. Um, He's now, oh, yeah, he, is that him? No, I don't see him. Um, He um, uh, sent Cole now to be his roommate, so they moved together, Cole Heath. I don't know if you guys know him, but uh, he's a great kid. And uh, I just just praise the Lord for the things that he's got planned for Tyler and uh, the future that is ahead. And uh, even though... um, my heart still grieves, there's so much joy. And I choose to see the world through the Lord's eyes, through his lenses, and I just see beauty where there could be only sorrow sometimes. So so that's my encouragement to you, is that the Lord gives, I know he takes away, but he also gives, and he gives plenty. We just have to open our eyes to see it and receive it and enjoy it. Yeah.
6: That's it. I'm the, the seed contributor. Um I just want to say, okay, so uh, we got a lot of good things being said uh, Dennis, uh, wherever he is what a what an awesome testimony of I, I hope that's how I go out saying it is well with my soul on my is my dying breath that's that's amazing and uh, yes, Hannah, I think the Lord teaches us more in adversity than in in our blessing a lot of times and so I'm just you know um, I have a picture of of Nana. At Charlie's funeral here in this room, this room is packed full, and the worship band is going, and she's the only person standing up with her arms out like this, and it's just a testimony of your faith and and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I think uh, what I want to share is uh, the Lord has taken my family on a journey. He's calling me out of corporate America to start uh, my own business, and uh, it's been very. Sort of feeling like, what am I doing doing this? And, and it's, been, it's been really crazy, but it's also been really good. I've, I've felt like the Lord has really been showing me the next step, and, and it's just been, I feel like, very interactive between Him and I. Um, but I want to commend a book to everyone. It's called Trusting God by um, Jerry, Bridges. Jerry Bridges. And uh, it, it essentially says in this book, um, you know, when we believe in God's sovereignty, meaning He's totally in control when we believe that He is totally wise, that He's completely in in control of and and knows everything, and that He is good and and loving, then, you know, with His sovereignty, His wisdom, and His love, we can trust Him. And uh, I know in my life, uh, you know, that's been completely true. When when I believe those things, you know, we can trust Him. And the commands, uh, you know, of Scripture— are there for us so that when we obey his commands, our life is most enjoyable, right? And sometimes the enemy tries to convince us, no, it's to limit your freedom or your fun or your X, Y, Z, but actually it's for our flourishing. And so, um, you know, trusting God is something that I think me personally, I've thought of, yeah, it's a hard thing to do and on my good days I do it. Whereas trusting God is a command, just like obeying God. And so we need to, we need to trust Him. So my exhortation to the church this morning is, if there is something that God is telling you to do, don't mess around. Do it. Do it today. If there's something He's telling you to stop doing, then stop doing it today. Tell somebody about it, whatever. But I think it's, the t- it's, it's time for, the day of salvation is now. Who spilled my coffee? That's... Uh. The, you know, today is the day. Let's let's not let's not mess about, right? And so that's my exhortation to the church. It's in your best interest that you obey the Lord and you trust Him fully. Okay, thanks.
7: The Lord just kind of laid more, I think, maybe more of a corporate word on my heart. So I just was going to, you know, obey. Um, John 17, Jesus is praying, and he says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world." I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may also be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who also will believe in me through their word, that they may be all one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. That passage of scripture has always blown my mind about how the unity of the triune God is what Jesus is praying over his church. Um, and I feel like we are being called into a season of unity, like uh, intense unity, right? because there's so many things that could and do divide us in terms of our opinions. (laughs) Um, And I could list probably seven pretty quickly that we all have different feelings about, right? Um, Even today. But really none of that matters. What matters is that we are one in Christ. Um, And the way forward for the church is to be unified um, so that the outside world sees who Jesus is. So I'm just gonna pray a prayer of unity over us as MCC. Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for um, the unity that we get to see through your word, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, I just pray that unity now over this church. Father, more than anything, we wanna follow you, we wanna experience you, we wanna see other people come into the kingdom. And so we pray that you would just give us hearts of unity not that we always have to agree, but that we can be unified. And so, Father, would you just bless this place with a sense of unity in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.
8: So I read a prophetic word um, last week, and I just wanted to share it with you. So this is a prophetic word from somebody else that I'm going to read to you. So just close your eyes and see if this word applies to you in your life. For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with the awareness of the glory of the Lord. Habakkuk 2, 14. In my spirit, I recently, recently I heard all of, all of the noise coming from the news reports and social media outlets and conflicts, fear and tyranny. I heard the noise of division, anger, blame, fear and rage, all all resonating like resounding gongs and clanging cymbals. It was deafening. If I speak in the tongues of men of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Then suddenly I heard the voice of the Lord with the creator of heaven and earth. He roared with a roar of his agape love, and his shrieking clamor clamor was silenced. It brought all confusion and noise to an abrupt stop, releasing an awareness of the glory of the Lord upon the earth. When love is absent, only noise fills the earth. This has caused such a negative effect on people, Many individuals, both inside and outside the body of Christ, are experiencing deep weariness, headaches, anxiety, aggravation, depression, and even hopelessness. The toxic bellowing is exposing the state of mankind apart from the love of God. It is revealing the hatred in people's heart and the absence of peace. It is also preparing the way for an awareness of the glory of the Lord, which is to come. So many have turned their focus on to issues rather than releasing the sound of our bridegroom and his agape love. I am not suggesting that we ignore the issues and put our heads in the sand, but let's remember to release the love of Christ. We should be carriers of love and the glory of God. This shifts the atmosphere and the earth and the people so much that issues are resolved and as the fear and as fear and the standard of the Lord becomes the foundation of this generation. God's people can change the narrative and the atmosphere that creates fear and division. This is the time when God is first purifying his church because we are are the carriers of his glory. His spirit within us will pour out from us, and the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. Miracles, signs, and wonders will be seen. Nations will see his glory, and a global banqueting table will be set in the presence of our enemies. In the days of Joshua, when the Levitical priests carried the Ark of the Covenant upon their shoulders to the overflowing banks of the Jordan, there was at first a purification. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. It was harvest season when this occurred, just as it is at this time. God is about to do great wonders among us the enemy is raging and he is stirring up confusion division and great murmurings because he sees the signs of purification within god's people he remembers he remembers what happens next the fulfillment of his promises the glory of the lord will shine brighter than the darkness of evil the threats of tyranny and the issues that invoke fruitless de- debates love will cause men and women to move from a position of choosing camps into the oneness that Jesus prayed for in John 17. The enemy fears what is within those who are yielded to purification and sanctification. Just as the Ark of the Covenant carried his glory, so we too are carriers of his glory. What was contained in the Ark of the Covenant? It contained a golden pot of manna, miraculous provision of nourish to nourish Israel which did not come from the labor of man's hands, but from God alone. Gold is refined and purified. Like the golden pot of manna, miracles will be held in refined jars, not produced by strength of man, but by the kindness of God. The ark also held the budding rod of Aaron, which was used to bring forth the deliverance of God's people from the slavery of Egypt. It was the rod that turned into a snake in Pharaoh's court. The Egyptian magi turned their staffs into snakes, but the snake that had been Aaron's rod swallowed theirs. It was also a miraculous sign of of ending division, complaints, and arguments among the tribes, a sign of the noise being silenced and stopped unnecessary deaths. Buds will sprout of the staff belong to the man I choose. Then I will finally put an end to the people's murmuring and complaining against you. Number 17, the the budding of the rod also indicates the blessing and choosing of the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi were the set-apart ones who carried blessing with them. Aaron and his sons were set apart following the golden calf incident. They were blessed and chosen because their actions signified the loyalty of the covenant. We see this happening once again as God is setting apart those who are standing loyal to his covenant. Blessings will follow them through the earth. The third item in the ark was the stone tablet that com- the commandments of God were inscribed on. This set in place the standard of the Lord, the standard of the Lord his righteousness, truth, and order. It is, it is possible that we are to be those who carry manna from heaven in a time of great spiritual famine, Are we to be the carriers of budding rod of Aaron that put an end to the murmuring and complaining? Are we to be the carriers of commandments of the Lord that raise up his standard in a world where every righteous standard has been replaced by evil? May I suggest that we are to ask for these things, to seek them and and to carry them. Then wherever we rest, a blessing will come to all. This is the time to allow God to separate you and set you apart as a member of his priesthood and as a son of the tribe of Levi. Do not involve yourselves with those who are building golden calves and erecting towers. Do not be dismayed or swayed by the noise of Babel as it is being trumpeted. And do not become a part of the noise that is void of love. As you set yourself apart, peace will be available. God's righteousness, order, and deliverance will come upon you And your household. God lives in us, and we must be carriers of heavenly provision, which are peace, love, oneness, truth, order, deliverance, and righteousness. The snakes that have been sent against God's people to bring fear and confusion will be swallowed up by the rod of Aaron. God is purifying and setting apart his sons and daughters for the time of the great harvest. Let us see the earth filled with the awareness of the glory of the Lord. Let us start with you. When we are one, then the world will know the Father has sent his Son. So, Lord, yes, let us be unified. Let us us be set apart. Let us pursue righteousness and holiness. Let us obey you uh, unwaveringly, Lord. And that's how you're going to be seen. That's how you're going to be high and lifted up. Lord, and we will become carriers of your glory. I thank you for the, the direction this church is going, that we are pursuing you above all else. And as we come into this uh, learning more about our spiritual gifts, Lord, I pray that we would follow through and that we would come into a place where we are, are obeying you and carrying your glory to, a, to a, a dying and needy world, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen.
4: Hi.
9: Probably most of you don't know me. I came here when I was really young, and then I came back for the first time last week, so I don't know a lot of new faces, but I hope to get to know you guys over time. Um, But, oh, yes, sorry. My name is Tessa Nelson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nice to meet you. Um, So when everybody was talking um, about God's goodness, um, I just felt really called to come up and just share that god is good and i totally agree um and one of the ways he's been showing that to me lately is that um last year so 2020 i was diagnosed with a chronic illness and it wiped me out to the point where for two months i had to not work and i was basically laying in bed all day long couldn't walk upstairs couldn't jump couldn't do really anything for myself and um, and that was, like, really hard because I've always been someone who's very independent, very self-reliant, and, you know, I've had a lot of trials in life, but the one thing that was always consistent was that I could take care of myself. And um, it was really humbling. <laughs> it was extremely humbling to all of a sudden not be able to do those things for myself. And the amazing thing is I had a wonderful family who took care of me, <laughs> and, um, but... I also got, in that process, I also got diagnosed with a second illness, um, and both doctors were like, hey, we can help you with your symptoms, but you're not going to heal completely, like, you're, you're always going to have these things, and, um, I didn't really like that, obviously, um, but through prayer, I just told God, I was like, God, if there is anything that can heal me, anything that can heal me, please show it to me, and, um, the amazing thing is, my mom found this this program that basically it helps the way God already created your body to help heal itself. And um, for the first time, yeah, I'm able to like I'm able to walk normally. I'm able to walk upstairs, and God is literally healing me in this process. Like I'm not even hundred percent yet, but man, like I I know that God can heal. But I think this process has taught me like God can heal. Like He truly does heal you, and it's not just always with doctors sometimes it is but sometimes it's just like God's like no like if you if you submit your mind to me and your body to me I will heal you and um, anyways so I just want to praise God for that and thank him for that because that is something I for a while I thought would never happen again I uh, thought I'd never be able to drive again and um, so I'm just super grateful and I just want to praise him and give him the glory for that so
0: Welcome back, Tessa, and Ann, and Rowan. Good to see you guys this morning. Uh, As she was sharing, the Holy Spirit said, there's others here today who need healing. So if you would be as bold to stand up, then we're going to have the people near you come around you and pray for your healing now. So if that's, if anybody's looking for healing today, uh, all right, we have one let's uh two okay three four five okay let's uh as a body move around each person worship team's going to give us some worship as we do this but let's pray for the healing of our brothers and sisters now in the name of jesus
2: come to you for
10: everybody my name is Scott Hobart and that'll mean something in just a minute Um, some of you know that I grew up on a little dairy farm in the middle of nowhere on a long dirt road in the thumb of Michigan and I was one of seven children my mom and dad met in the 1950s they, my mom moved over to Michigan and, and they started this family. I have four older sisters and two younger brothers, and we lived in a little farmhouse that had one bathroom with nine people. And farming at its best is hard work, it just is, especially dairy cows, because they kick you and they break things and they don't act the way they're supposed to. and. Every morning we got up and we milked the cows, and every night we milked the cows, and in between we took care of the cows and we took care of everything. And life was hard. And then when you add to it a bunch of kids in a, in a house with one bathroom, that can be a challenge too. And then I remember one night, I was on the basketball team, and it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, And I remember that night was particularly hard because we weren't going to play on Thursday because that was Thanksgiving Day. Friday was a day off of school, and we didn't practice on the weekend. So we were going to go four days without playing basketball. So our coach was going to get his pound of flesh out of us on that Wednesday. And I remember that year on the farm was particularly hard this would have been in November, so we were just trying to finish the fall harvest, but it was going bad. It was raining, and it was wet, and we're trying to dig sugar beets, and it was just really hard, and I remember that night of practice. I'm sitting underneath the basket. My back is leaning up against the wall, and I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about the harvest and the cows and how hard life was. And then I remembered my four sisters who were off at college were coming home. And I remember at that moment, I had this feeling of like, yeah, Marie, Anne, Kathy, and Jane are all gonna be there when I get home. Now, these are the same sisters that we fought over for that one bathroom, right? Right? And they were the four sisters who didn't like being on the farm. And so I was always out with them. And they always made me do more of the work. And story for another day. But I remember sitting there sweating, totally exhausted. But I'm remembering that my sisters were going to be there. My family was going to be together for Thanksgiving. And it was like everything just melted away. Yesterday, Heather and I, we were running errands. We were up just south of Oxford, Ohio. And there's one of these little, these stores where they sell potpourri and little fun things. You know, you go there, you walk inside, and it smells like pumpkin spice. You know what I'm talking about? So outside, it was a busy intersection. It was up in Millville, Ohio and it's busy, and there's cars going by, and it's loud, and it was gonna rain, and it was warm, and it was kinda uncomfortable. But the minute we stepped into the store, it was like everything just melted away. The smell, the the fragrance of the store, the calmness. They had 93.3, the Christian radio station on, so they were playing Christian music. Out here, it was hard and yucky. In there, it was s- soothing. You know what I'm talking about? When I was in the basketball gym that night, outside the gym, it was hard. In the gym, it was hard. But the, but the thought that my sisters were all going to be home, the family was going to be together, it lifted my spirits. I walked through that door a few minutes before 10 o'clock this morning, and I saw many of you here. And it felt just like walking into that store yesterday. Because out there, it's hard. COVID is hard. The Afghanistan situation is hard. The hurricane is hard. What's going on in Cuba is hard just when I thought I was going to get back to my normal job I'm grounded again and that's hard but when I stepped into this place this morning with my family and I don't know half of you I don't know half of your names and I apologize for that but you're my brothers and sisters in Christ you're my family and out there it's hard in here This is where the blessing comes. God uses us. God uses us to bless one another. And I've missed all of you during the time of COVID. And there's a reason why we were quarantined, and there's all good reason why we haven't been able to get together. And that's not a debate. That's we're not even going to talk about that. We're here right now. And again, I'm Scott Hobart, and I don't know who you are, but I love you and I'm thankful that you're here. Because I need this family because out there is hard, but the blessing and the healing that can come from only our Savior Jesus Christ and the the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well in this room today. I didn't have a word. God just gave me this word, and I hope you're blessed by it. Thank you.
11: Thanks, Scott. Um, I'm Sammy Bosezier, and I just wanted to say we're gearing up for a new season of Joy in the Morning, and it's been a while since we have been able to do Joy in the Morning or since I've been able to, and I've just been reflecting on um, the reason why I love, personally why I love Joy so much is um, the women there are um, just women of the Lord And we've lost so many of them in the last two years. Del, um, Nina, Doris, I miss your mom so much. She was so encouraging to me. Every time I was pregnant and had a baby, she was always right there by my side. Um, So I just wanted to um, thank the Lord and lift up our uh, church family. We're often categorized by dad here as like a sending out church. But I think one of our uh, biggest strengths too is, are the, uh, the older women. And I won't name too many by name because I don't want to insult anyone. But Thelma, if you're watching, um, Aquila, um, I know it's been hard losing your husband. And I just really appreciate the, uh, the women of this church and how much they've brought me meals, how much they've encouraged me. Um. Yeah, you guys are just gems, and um, I'm really excited to get together with you again, and I'm so thankful to the Lord that we have you.
1: My name's Aaron Page. I was reading from Lamentations 3 this morning, and I wondered if any of you would benefit from this. Uh, starting in verse... Nineteen. Remember my affliction and my wanderings; my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind: I love the the buts in the Bible, right? But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My soul says, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. You know, if you're, you're following along, you can see that there's a choice to be made, right? God is good, but I can choose to hope in that. I can choose to call that to mind. So if you're struggling with shame or regret uh, about something you've done or haven't done, especially if you've confessed it already, God does not want you to be burdened by that. His forgiveness is real. As sure as the sun is going to come up tomorrow, as soon as, as sure as if I'd if I drop my phone, it's going to fall on the floor. As sure as as anything you can imagine, God is forgiving. He's merciful. He hears you when you confess, and he restores you. I just want us to be aware of far surpassing the, the uh, concreteness of our sin is the reality that God is good, and he forgives, and he's uh, quick to extend mercy to those who seek it.
12: Hey, I'm Brandon. Um, something that the Lord has been dealing with me on a lot lately, uh, just been thinking about this Afghanistan stuff, and uh, Jamie has said it the last few weeks about we are, we're listening. America, as the American people, Week, we're stuck listening to this satanic lullaby. And um, what this has been uh, stirring in my heart is, uh, and I, heard, I also heard a quote recently by a guy who's a pastor in Iran the underground church, uh, he said, I would, rather ha- um, I would rather have hell on earth and eternity in heaven than to have heaven on earth and eternity in hell. And what it's causing me to do is I've been holding on to things like white knuckle, things that, um, things that I want to have, things that I've, or th- you know, my family, my, my faith, like these things are, I've just been, I've been gripping and trying to keep them like that's going to do anything except for my heart is like just hardened to what I want, and my comforts and my desires. And that's, the Lord has been speaking to me that, that that's not what he wants for me. He wants me to be open-handed. He wants me to be open-handed with how I, I parent, how I'm a husband, how I'm serving him, how I'm thinking about my, my business, how I'm thinking about my possessions, how I'm thinking about the way that I serve people and share the love of Christ. And um, it's, a lot of us probably don't need a reminder, but we have a, a, the comfort is, comfort in our lives is such an idol in this country. And uh, I guess my challenge would be just to, what, what are you holding on to, too tightly? And are we allowing this satanic lullaby of, you need this, you need more things, you need, this will make you happy, this will make your life better. Or are we listening to what the Lord is is whispering in our ear that you need me. So, uh, Lord, I just I just lift up uh, the hearts of everyone in here, Lord, and I ask that we would each one of us would um, just be able to hold on to things more loosely as we go, Lord, and just and just be open-handed with what you want to give and what you want to take, because you are a good Father. When we trust you, things go well. When we when we trust in things, they don't go so well. So we we give these things to you, Father, and we love you in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you, Brandon. That sort of brings up uh, something that I I wasn't planning on sharing until I had kind of a spiritual experience yesterday, uh, doing something very unspiritual. Uh, But it reminded me of uh, what's been going on here in the last... 18 months. I was looking at my retaining wall and the side of my driveway, which over the past 20 years since it was built has become caked with green stuff growing on the top and black stuff all coming down the sides of my you know, beautiful red brick wall. And uh, Mark Simes let me use his uh, pressure washer. and. Uh, this will sound crazy, but, like, I'm 64. I've never used a pressure washer before. That's a powerful tool. You just, you just like, put that thing on there. It's like holding a, holding a hose. There's so much pressure. And you put it up against those bricks that are caked with black, and they're caked with that green stuff growing on there, and it just cuts it off like a knife. It just... Pfft. And as I was doing it, Marianne came out and took pictures, and she said, you want me to do that, some of that for you? I said, no, this is, like, really satisfying. <laughs> so there I was, and, and, and the Lord said to me as I was doing this, I'm going to clean the things that the enemy and the world want to cake onto you and that that is my living water. That's my Holy Spirit. That's my power. That's my presence. As I was sort of peeling it off, I started thinking about how this past two years has put us into this place of uh, anxiousness, uncertainty, uh, fear, and all kinds of uh, concern of the world that comes into that. And, and I specifically am zeroing in on fear and anxiety. And I believe the Lord wants to cleanse us of fear and anxiety. And it's been testified here already, like three or four different ways. I feel like this is just fitting into what's been shared, that uh, when we recognize who God is and his sovereignty, when we recognize who he says we are, as his children, when we recognize our destiny has been determined already through the work of Christ, and then when we confess the, the ways that we do not agree with him, when we confess that fear is not of him, it is, it is sin, it is, it is allowing us to believe that something else is going to happen to us other than what God wants to happen to us, and, and I'm not saying he won't allow difficult things. I'm just saying he is the one who is, who is determining our identity, uh, our destiny, and he can be trusted. So I just want to have a, a, a couple of minutes of ministry time here. And I just want to uh, minister away from us the, the spirits of fear and anxiety because they do not belong. They are not part of what it means to be a child of God. And so I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to take a pressure washer to your soul. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to take a pressure washer to your heart. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to take a pressure washer to your mind, to your emotions, to your imaginations, and uh, to cleanse us of this uh, this. Curse that's been laid on us in every television station, every news report, every uh, thing we see around us in the world. So Father, you are good. You are the one that we can trust. Jesus, you have determined our identity and our destiny by the things you have done, the work you have done, and by your constant intercession for us even now. So, Lord, we confess that we have allowed the world to cake onto our minds and hearts and wills and emotions and souls uh, this, this crud of fear and anxiety. And Father, as we confess that this is not of you, this is not righteous, this is not truth, we ask you, Holy Spirit, in the rivers of living water to course through our minds and hearts and wills and emotions and our souls, Lord, and pressure wash off of us these these curses. Lord, give us trusting minds and soft hearts and pliant wills. And Lord, as we come to you in repentance, you restore our souls. You make us white as snow. And Holy Spirit, I pray now you would fill us with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, that these things would bubble up in the very heart of our beings and that these things, Lord, would be the things that come out of us when we're under pressure. I pray in Jesus' name. Church, you have received what you have prayed for. Amen. Stan?
13: So my name is, uh, Stan Lincoln, and, um, yeah, I'll sit down here, um, The story I have to share with you today is about exiles, and it's for exiles, and it's an experience and word of God that came to me through a period of uh, unrest in the Congo. So um, I don't know if I can hold the mic, but who would have thought... uh Who would have thought that a tool, a little tool used uh, 2,500 years ago is still used today, and in aviation too. How could this be important in our lives? One of the things about this tool is that it relies on gravity, and It always hangs straight. It's used in building to make sure from the, when the foundation is set, and as the building is going up, that the walls stay straight. Uh, Its application in aviation is a little bit different, but that's a story I'm going to share with you today. Not the aviation part, but what the importance of that tool is. So to briefly introduce the people of this story, it is uh, uh, Zerubbabel, he was the son of David in the genealogy of Jesus. Um, The people coming back from exile, the time period was about 535 BC. Uh, Other exiles who had just returned from Babylon You're gonna hear about another person who has seven eyes. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit. And what happened during that time? The person who gave this message was uh, Zechariah. So the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. By the way, in that verse encompasses about 20 years of time period. It's hard to know that, but to understand all of that, you have to dig into the books of Ezra and Haggai to understand what happened during that time period. Uh, these people, as it goes on, but the um, who has despised the day of small things? The small things is what I just showed you, that little plumb line. These seven the Holy Spirit will be glad when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These are the eyes of the Lord which range to and fro throughout the earth. So to understand why someone might despise the small things, other people came back with Zerubbabel to the land. And when they saw the new temple, the rebuilding of the temple, they were, um, they were displeased. They were ashamed. They were sad that it was not up to the standard of the former glory of that temple. But we have the word here. The Holy Spirit was glad when he saw Zerubbabel doing the task that he had assigned to him. Now, how does this um, come to me in Congo, Northeast Congo? In uh, February of 1992, uh, the army uh, rioted in Kinshasa. That set off a time of unrest throughout the whole country. It's a huge country. It's the size of the United States east of the Mississippi but everywhere in the country was unrest. Now, uh, over the months that followed, that unrest continued to grow. And during that time, most of our families had evacuated out of the country because we didn't know what would happen. Two of us didn't leave, Uh, Because we had kids in a boarding school that was in an area that was pretty safe So we decided not to leave the country because we didn't want to be out of the country and our kids left behind so our families um, the wives and children went to that location where the kids were in boarding school and two of us the the pilot and myself stayed at Yonkundi northeast uh, Congo And um, during that time, we heard a story that the army had been recalled to the city of Kisangani, which is in the north central of the country. They had to pass by our location within just a few miles. Rumors were uh, surfacing that they were rioting as they went along. And they would come to a crossroads just um, a couple miles from where our base was, and either turn to the west to go to their base or turn to the east to a larger town called Bunya. We listened one night on the news as uh, the BBC was describing panic in the town of Bunya. People were trying to secure their things. People were fleeing out of the city because the army was inbound, and who knows what they were going to do. So it was about that time that this uh, Bible passage uh, became important to me, and uh, uh, Lord just laid it on my heart. Uh, most of our work was hindered; we weren't doing our normal everyday activities. Um, so the um, the plane only one plane flying obviously one pilot Um, we would stay at the base for the week and then go back to that other station on the weekends um, where our families were so the thing that made this stand out yes um, is that This uh, made this stand out is that the people were um, encouraged that not all of us had left. Some of us had stayed behind, our families were still in the country, and we had stayed with our brothers and sisters in the country who actually they could not evacuate. They were going to see whatever happened. Now, how is this um, important for us today? This little tool that I showed you, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 says that in order to avoid the entanglements of this world and the sin, that's so much taken up in our culture and easy to distract us from us. In order to avoid that, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that is something I'm learning over and over every day. It's not something that happens once, it happens every day. It happens moment by moment, and I just wanted to share that with you.
0: Uh, hey, Stan, thank you very much for sharing. And I'm sorry, I know there was a couple that may want to share. We are out of time, but I wanted to uh, close our time with some worship and praise. And I'm just going to bless you. Let's just stand. I'm going to bless you uh, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're going to uh, sing this closing song, and then Katie's going to come and tell us what to do with the picnic. All right?
2: Praise God for you blessings full praises